You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. Before I begin today's episode, I'm going to throw a quote your way. Time is forgiving. Each day we begin with the same amount of time to be joyful, loving, thoughtful, and courageous. How will you use your time today? And remember, it resets again tomorrow. So how will you use your time tomorrow? We'll just leave the quote there as anonymous. And you are listening to episode number 224. My guest today is Ryan Allen. Ryan is going to tell you in just a moment who he is and what he does. I've been reflecting on my conversation with Ryan. And from my reflection, what has stood out is we don't know what the future holds. Pretty obvious, right? But the actions we take each day to contribute to ourselves and our communities and our families will determine what the future holds. The effort Ryan has made in himself, his family, and his career demonstrate this thought. Ryan doesn't know what the future holds for himself or his students or his family. What Ryan does know is the effort he puts in will influence the results. I'm inspired by Ryan. I so enjoyed having the time to speak with Ryan. And I'm inspired by Ryan to be more intentional each day in my work. My work as a father, as a husband, and as a business owner. Ryan, thank you for joining me today for the Jackson Hole Connection. It's great to have some time and this opportunity to speak with you. Yeah, I appreciate having me on. Look forward to chatting with you. You're you're welcome. Now you're wearing a hat, and it's a new hat, and it's got a little emblem there. And you were saying it's a golf course from where you grew up, and you didn't grow up here. Where uh, where about were you born and raised? Born and raised in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Yeah, grew up. Spartanburg's a pretty pretty big town. You know, it's like northwest corner of of South Carolina, near Asheville, near Charlotte, near Greenville, not too far from Clemson. You know, grew up all the way. You know, I was in Spartanburg from when I was born through 22 years old when I moved to Jackson. I went to college in Spartanburg, a small school called Wofford College. I was a, a biology major there, which I'm not using that degree at all anymore. <laughs> That's sometimes how it works out, but got done with school and kind of moved to Jackson, kind of followed my older sister out here and, and then the rest is history. been here for, I'm 41 now, so I'll be 42 in a few months, so almost 20 years. That's great. Now, I'm not familiar with Spartansburg. I've heard of it, but what is the history of Spartansburg and how did like how did your family land there and and yeah, you, yeah you didn't go very far from home at I all did. for quite a while. No, I was born there. My my father's family got there. My grandfather was in the Navy and he's he was a World War II veteran and he was like an underwater demolition guy in the war and he's that's us pretty much the precursor to Navy SEALs. And when he got out of the service, he went and worked for different companies and he worked for a box company and they would make, and he, they had a, they were opening a plant or had a plant in Spartanburg 
and they recruited him to come and run the plant for him. And he did that. He moved and because my dad was born in Savannah, Georgia, and he, my dad has four sisters. They were all born in different spots, but they, we landed in Spartanburg. And then, so my parents grew up there also, you know, my mom was born and raised in Spartanburg. My mom's father was one of the precursors and first people involved in like stock, like racing. Like he used to run moonshine nice. up and down, yeah, up and down the, the state lines. And then from there, you know, he got into, he used to race too precursors like used to race like back in the day on daytona beach and his claim to fame is like he he is in the national motorsports hall of fame yeah yeah and then he he got into promotion and he started doing like trying to promote racing and and, and all those types of things so that's and so Spartanburg is kind of a hotbed and one of these like bud moore's from there i don't know if she's how familiar you are with nascar but like i used to hang out with bud moore all the time he's in the nascar hall of fame so it was like the precursor in Spartanburg is like a big NASCAR town and a big motor racing town. I don't follow it at all now. And I, I used to follow it a bunch as a kid because it was always on TV. But I never really got that too, too into it. That's kind of how we, we grew up in Spartanburg. And then obviously my parents met at a young, young age. You know, they went to high school together. They got married super young, like when they were 18. They had my sister when they were like 21, 22. And then they had me when I was like, when they were 28. My sister's about six years older than me, and I just grew up there. You know, went to, went to middle school there, went to high school there, went to college there. My sister definitely has more of a traveler's mentality than I do. She kind of came out to Jackson to visit college friends. Like she went to college Charleston on the coast in South Carolina, and they, her some of her friends were out here, and she literally came out here for like a couple of weeks and called my parents and asked them to send all her stuff. Hmm. <laughs> and then she like because she obviously loved it, and then she. I visited her son during college summers, really loved it. Got done with school. You know, the plan was to come out here for a summer. And I brought my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, with me. Because my, my, my wife was, we went to high school together. We went to, we grew up together. We went, we had the same first grade teacher. We have a class picture at our house. You don't meet many people who met their wives in first grade. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny party on the stunt or whatever you want to call it. We'll pull out that picture every now and then and ask people. Who's me and who's her? <laughs> That's funny. She, yeah, she's the one up front holding the sign, and I'm the one in the back because I'm tall. So but, is this the type of town where everybody knew who you were and what was going on with, with Ryan Allen around town, and if you got in any trouble, your parents heard about it? You know, a little bit. It was a big town, though. Like, it's, you know, I joke about it because, like, I so coach the golf team here, and there's 12, there's 12 high schools in 4A in the state of Wyoming. Uh-huh. Well, there was 16 high schools in our county. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little you bit know, bigger. Like a little bit bigger, right? And, there, and we were one of the biggest high schools in the state that we went to. Like we had 2,000 kids in our high school and it was only three grades. So like sports were extremely competitive. Our football team was very good every year. Basketball team was very good every year. You know, so it was a big town. Like my parents would, would know if I was doing, you know, doing something I shouldn't be doing. Someone would let them know. I'm sure we... I kind of grew up in a really cool neighborhood where I, we would just go outside and we would play all day. Like my, one of my best friends in the day lived up, lived four houses down from me mm -hmm. and she, she knew she could either find me down there at the Nettles house or she could find me, you know, on the other side of the neighborhood playing, playing basketball with, with some of these other kids. You know, I didn't really venture too far off and I would just, you know, when it was time to eat, 
I would come home <laughs> type of situation. We were always out doing something, mostly ball ground, playing some kind of sport. Which sure. Is, which, which is a great way to grow up. I mean, I feel kind of like that with my kids living here. We live in Melody and they, they play outside all the time. You know, it's yeah. a little harder in the, hard, well, harder in the winter, but in the summer they're out and about, which is awesome. You just say, be back for lunch and we'll see you for dinner time as well. Yeah. These boys, my boys, man, they eat, so they're, they're going to show up. <laughs> I think I did the same thing growing up. Yeah. yeah. It was just, you're in the neighborhood and out and about and it's, yeah. You knew when it was time to show up for home to go to dinner for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And your belly told you. Got to Yeah. You get into middle school or high school, you know, you get a little bit more freedom and, you know, sort of just spend the night out more with friends and just doing different things, like spend a lot of time at, at the basketball courts and baseball fields and, you know, life kind of, for those six, seven years, life kind of revolved around what, what sport was in season. We didn't have to travel. Like we travel here. Like I tell some of my friends back home, like, yeah, I took a six hour bus ride to go to Casper to play a golf tournament. They're like, you've lost your mind. <laughs> like our, our longest ride was 45 minutes and we used to complain about it. <laughs> you know, it was just a different world to go. It was a different perspective for sure. I mean, it's all relative to where you're living and where you're growing up. Mm -hmm. For uh, sure. It's the way it works. And so you moved out here, followed your, your older sister and now you are the golf coach for the boys and the girls team in um here in town for yep. the jackson hole high school and you're a teacher as well and yep and what do you teach i teach at the middle school and i work primarily in sixth grade language arts classrooms with i'm a special education teacher so i'm working with certain kids trying to help them access the general education curriculum and learn how to read and write a little bit better and i can you know, also, I used, to, I used to teach math, was kind of leaning mostly towards reading and writing these days, but also have the ability to teach, you know, more specific reading, you know, decoding really specific skills, skill set for teaching, reading, you know, decoding and fluency and those types of things. Decoding. What's decoding and, and reading? Decoding is just being able to break down multi-syllabic words and like understand what letter sound recognition is and, you know, put, put letters together to make words. And your ability okay. to do that, to do that. But, you know, the dream wasn't always to be a school teacher, right? Like I didn't have a teaching degree when I moved to Jackson. No? I was pre-med at school. Uh-huh. You know, both my roommates in college are both doctors right now. And I took the MCAT our senior year, junior year at school and did okay on it. And, you know, I just wasn't as passionate about it as they were. You know, I graduated Wofford with a, a degree in biology. Then I you know, moved to Jackson and the, the goal was to, you know, move out here try it out, see how it goes just for a summer and then moves back to South Carolina and try to chase the, the doctor dream and go do that. You know, or dentistry was kind of what I was, and I just fell in love with Jackson and loved it. And, you know, I've kind of bounced around and done all kinds of different work. And I eventually went back to school again to get my teaching degree. I mean, that's a, that's a really short version of that story, but. <laughs> Where'd you get your teaching degree from? I went back to school. And got, I went to Western Governor's University online and got my master's in, this is it. This is where I used my biology degree. I got my master's in six through 12 science. Oh. <laughs> yeah. To be able to teach science classrooms. So like any science classroom that's taught either middle school or high school. And then when I was like kind of trying to get my foot in the door 10 years ago, this, so I was being in the school district for 10 years. 10 years ago, I was trying to get my foot in the door. I was a paraprofessional, which is like a teacher's aide. Mm-hmm. 
and I was a special education professional. So I was working with kids with special needs in the classroom and outside the classroom. I really enjoyed it. So I went back to school again and got my master's in special education, K-12, and got a job almost instantly that summer and been doing that for nine years now, either elementary level or the middle school level. And how did you get into becoming the golf coach? So to back, kind of back my story up, when I first moved here, my first job in Jackson was to be a caddy at Teton Pines. So I didn't really start playing golf at all until I was about 20. I played baseball and basketball all pretty much year round growing up and never, we just didn't play a whole lot of golf. I didn't have a whole lot of access to golf. There were some public, you know, tracks in my hometown, a lot of golf in my hometown, actually. There's a lot of really good golfers in my hometown. I just didn't do it. My grandfather played a lot. But I was just too busy playing basketball and baseball. So, but I started playing towards the end of college with my grandfather and really enjoyed it. And I moved to Jackson and I, I really got into it, the golf. And then when I moved to Jackson, my sister knew the caddy master at the Pines through some connection they had. And he was able to set me up with uh, caddying out there. So I caddied out there for an entire summer, almost every day. And I was like, this is the best job in the world. I get, I get up, I go caddy at 8 a.m. I would generally carry two bags for 18 holes and it was like twice the amount of work, but in half the amount of time, if that makes sense. So I make double the money versus carrying one bag for two rounds. I carry two bags for one round and I would go every day and I got hooked into this group of guys who played every morning and they wanted me to come caddy for them every morning and they would play so fast. And so I'd be done by, hmm. no by noon at the latest with, you know, around a hundred bucks in my pocket cash and I have all afternoon to do whatever I wanted to do living in Jackson Hole. So I can go around bike, I can go fish, hike, but I would generally go back to the course because the pines will allow us access to go play in the late afternoon. And I would just go play and it was awesome. So that's kind of how I got in the golf world. So I did that for three summers at the pines and I ended up working in the golf shop some a little bit over there in the cart barn, just like bringing just like a halftime employee on the, on the golf side and then halftime a caddy. And then Three Creek opened up like around 05, 06. When it opened up, my friend of mine was working over there and he's like, Hey, you should come work over here. It's really awesome. They didn't have caddies. So I went over there and I, and I started working over there and I did like the golf cart barn and those things. I had a really good group of friends and it was just like the newest and latest and greatest thing in Jackson with three creek open because the only two other courses were pines and golf and tennis at the time. And I loved it. And I, then I, I kind of worked my way up through the, through the ranks there. And I got to a point where I thought I was good enough. And I wanted to be, I decided I wanted to be a club professional. Like I entered into the PGA world and you got to go to school for that. And I started doing that. And at the same time though, like Buffy, my wife and I were, you know, we had bought a lot in Melody Ranch, an affordable lot. We started building our house in like 08, 09. She becomes pregnant in 09 or 08. You know, there's a lot going on with our first son, Charlie. And. I was like working every day because as a guy's a golf professional, especially in a mountain town, you don't have to get a day off. Like you, you work all the time. And she was a school teacher. She had every day off. So we decided that, and, and then the, my, my golf, the guy I worked for there was like, if you really want to pursue this, you need to, you need to go somewhere in the winter and be a pro there too. And like move around and do those different types of things. I'm like, I can't do that. Like I have a wife, a new house, a wife is pregnant, huh. you know, like this is not in the books. Like I can't do it. So I decided that I was going to get out of the golf business and I was going to, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And but then an opportunity came along where I had, I could go back to school, become a school teacher. And so I went and did that 
and got did my student teaching at the community and then the, you know got the teaching job. But that leads me into the golf world. So the golf, your original question was how did I become a golf coach? So that backs it up. Like, so I've always enjoyed working with kids, obviously as a teacher. And I was like, when I was a golf pro at Three Creek, I used to always love doing like junior lessons and all those types of things. So I would go and I knew Coach Witts. Coach Witts was the coach of the high school for 19 years. I worked with his wife, Sherry, at the middle school. Two amazing people, both special education teachers also. You know, when Sherry retired, I took her job at middle school. And when Coach Witts retired from being the golf coach at the high school, I took over for him. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> I took both their jobs. But I went and interviewed for the job, and I got the job based off my background of, you know, working with youth and also my golf background. And that was in December of 18. And kind of took over that job, the coaching job. And it was like, you know, it's been amazing. It's been awesome. I've been doing it for four years now. We have, you know, a really solid, great group of, of kids. And we've, we've built a, we've built a program that's been successful. It's been a lot. Do you have any benchmarks that you guys have achieved since the four years you've been doing this? Yeah. So right when we, when we took over, so I say we, like I have four coaches that work with me. I'm the head coach. Nick Bath is my assistant coach. And then we have three volunteer coaches, Steve White, H.S. Russell, and L.B. Haney. You know, and those, each of those guys have joined at different points within the four years, but L.B. and Nick have kind of been with me since the beginning. You know, L.B. actually interviewed to be the, be the head golf coach against me. And I got the job and then I immediately called him and said, hey, do you want to be in and help me on this? And he's like, yes. I was like, let's do it. And then Nick was working at the school district with me and Nick was interested in helping and then LB had some things happen where he couldn't be full-time and we, we, I got Nick on board and Nick's been amazing. And then two, two parents, Steve White, who, well, Steve White's also a parent of one of our kids on the golf team, but he's also like my little brother. Like he's, I've known Steve for 20 years. Like when I'd say I started caddying at the Pines and 20 years ago, first person I caddied for at the Pines was Steve White. Hmm. Like, and he's from Clemson or he went to Clemson. So we hit it off instantly. Um, and then HS Russell moved in town. And his son joined the team and he's been a phenomenal coach and amazing mentor and everything for me also. But yeah, benchmark. So we, when we jumped in, we were 3A and then we joined 4A immediately. So we get thrown into the biggest pool in Wyoming as far as, you know, competition because 4A is all the biggest schools in the state. You know, we're the smallest 4A school in the state. In our first year, our girls... We had three seniors that year, my first year. They were all juniors that year. We did have five, but two of them decided to go abroad for the fall semester, so they missed golf season. Uh, and there were two of our better players. But um, and then they came back. So they, we didn't finish. We finished like sixth that year in girls and 10th in boys. We weren't very good. We were super young. And then the next year, so that's in, in 2020, we went to Casper for state. And we had all five of those senior girls. They were really good. They, we knew they had opportunity to make a run at winning a championship. And then our boys kind of surprised us and surprised everybody. Um, they were winning after day one at state championship. They were really young. We had one freshman, two sophomores, and two juniors on that team. And then we had the five senior girls, and they both ended up finishing second, you know, runner-up in 4A competition in our second year in the program. So it was like, right, we might be on to something here. And then the next year in 2021, we, we had the opportunity to host state. So when I took over, they haven't... They're, they hadn't had very many home tournaments in a while because like, it got really hard to host in Jackson with everything going really private, mm -hmm. golf clubs. And just, it was just, and people, you know, they have that, that's a respective membership. And they don't want to alienate their membership. They don't want to give up their golf course, those types of things, which is, I totally understand that. But me being in the golf industry 
and knowing a lot of people from my previous work, I was able to just like make those connections. And, you know, I, I know the pros and I know some of the GMs and I know a lot of the members and those types of things where we were able to, you know, start hosting home tournaments and we're not hosting, we're hosting tournaments at shooting star. Like we're hosting tournaments at sporting club, golf attendance, pines. Like it's, you know, and people are excited around the state to come play. I think everybody would agree. We have the best courses in the state. I mean, golf digest agrees with me for sure. Cause they, all, <laughs> they, they, they vote all our courses, the best in the state every year. But in 2021, we had the opportunity to get in line. We jumped a few people cause we haven't hosted state in a very long time. And we put in a bid to host state with the Wyoming High School Association, and we got the bid. And the, the main piece of that bid was, one, we had to have two golf courses because one golf course wouldn't give up two days. They only give up one day. So we split it between Sporting Club and Shooting Star. And then it's the hotels. The hotel situation in this town, as everybody knows, is really hard. And we were able to get the Virginian to give us a discounted rate on like 50 or 60 hotel rooms for two nights in mid-September during fall arts to, to allow us to host. And that was the, that was the amazing piece of it. And it, that was a two-year planning process to get that tournament. And we got it. And, you know, during the middle of that, Virginia got sold. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, oh gosh, we're, we're going to cancel the tournament. So they're, they're not going to honor those rates and that type of thing. You know, like who knows who these new owners are? And they honored it, which was amazing. So kudos to them. They were, they were amazing. And we, so we hosted in 2021. So we, re, we were rebuilding the girls program at that point because all five of those girls graduated. We had like three or four girls on the team at that point. Not very much experience with those girls. We only had one girl playing in the state championships. So she qualified as an individual. But our boys team going in, so I thought we had a chance. And after day one, we were losing. Day two, we came from behind and we won the state championship, which is really cool. It was really cool because we won it and it's something that hadn't been done before. And then... We go this year to Rock Springs and we win again and we come from behind. And it was, it was just, you know, so that's something that's never been done in Jackson Hole High School history. You know, we were, that 2012 boys team won the 3A state championship. Right. And no team ever won a 4A state championship and no team ever won it twice. And we won it twice. And uh, to, to do it back to back is pretty, pretty phenomenal. And to do it last year, like on the road in Rock Springs, you know, kind of heard the rumblings a little bit that we won it in 2021 because we were playing at home and it was our home courses. And like, we knew the courses better than everybody else, the, those types of things. But they're like, go out and play really well. This past fall in 2022 was, was pretty awesome to see. Those kids backed it up and they played well. So now the pressure's on, right? The pressure's on. Right? Well, we're, yeah, we'll go do it again. Try to get do it again in Sheridan next year in the fall and then we have this group of girls right now we have 10 girls on the golf team which is the most girls we've ever had and they're a great group they're mostly current sophomores our captain is a junior so in the fall they'll be all juniors and one senior and i think they got a serious shot if they put the time in and put the work in there's a lot of potential there and these girls love it they love golf there wasn't a time when i would go to like a, a different course in town like in the summer and not see you know, at least one of them out there playing, hmm. which is kind of cool. That is, you know, and recruit and we're recruiting girls now that like are really good lacrosse players and like really like good soccer player and play basketball. And they play all these other sports. They're athletes. Like they're, they're on the dance team. Like they're, they're really athletic girls and they're like, they're choosing to play. I don't, I don't know exactly why they're choosing to play golf, but there's, they, they, they seem to like it and they like what we have going on as a program and, and we have a lot of fun, but we also, you know, Try to be competitive too. 
Congratulations on that success, Ryan. We are going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back and get into this championship golf team that you have. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. Ryan, welcome back. You just Thanks. shared with us how after taking over the golf team a year later, the boys team won a state championship, took over in 2018. Your first full year was what, 2019? Yep. 2020, you won a championship. 2021, 20, right? we, we won in, we finished second. Both boys and girls finished second in 20, and we, okay. won in, we won in 21, and we won in 22. Won in 21 and 22. And as a coach, how are you motivating these young athletes to help them see, I mean, it's more than just being out on the golf course and, and mm -hmm. you know, swinging the, cl the club and hitting the ball. I mean, they got to put in some other work to it. Right. And Nick and I kind of, when we took, started this, it's like the focus, and I, I've said this to, to parents and meetings and things like we have, and we try to focus on the things that we feel like that are important. You know, we try to build a program that will help our kids to be successful on and off the golf course, if that makes sense. Like, Nick, the really cool thing about the game of golf is it teaches us a lot about ourselves and it teaches us a lot about life in general, because, you know, every day is different. You can hit a, you can hit a bad shot and get good luck. You can hit a good shot and get bad luck. There's adversity out there. You have to play conditions. It's so mental. You're playing, you know, over four hour span and you're only actually doing something like actually motion for very few minutes of that. There's a lot of mental capacity and things that go along with that. You know, it's the only sport that I know of where you have to call a penalty on yourself. You know, we talk about integrity and character a lot with our program, like integrity, like being able to do the right thing when you know it's the right thing and when no one else is watching and doing the right thing, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. So we try to build this culture and you know, it's competitive, right? It's a competitive culture, but it's also very fun and the kids get along really well. And they're encouraging of each other. And that's like from the top down, you know, from the best player to the worst player, you know, and that's, that's boys and girls. So, you know, we have some, we have a slogan that we do. Like it's, I put it on the back of every t-shirt we have. It's called, it's attitude and effort on the back of it. And, you know, that's just like two things that you can always control no matter the situation, no matter what you're doing, whether on the golf course, off the golf course, you can control your attitude. You can control your effort. You put it into something. You know, so we try to build that up. Yeah, you know, like, and those things like creep into and help what you know. A lot of coaches consider, and what you try to build is what your culture is. You know, and we have a competitive culture where our kids are competing against each other, but they're also they they believe in each other and they support each other, which is a really cool thing. You know, like to get on the bus to go to tournaments, our kids have to play a qualifier each week, and they have to go play a nine hole match and then count their score and 
in general, the best scorers get on the bus. And that's from the top down. So like last year, Mason, Hayes, and Adam, you know, our best players, they have to go do the same qualifier as our JV kids, you know, and if they don't play well, you know, that's going to be reflective in their position on the team. It's just, it's just the competitive culture we built. And is that just a round of golf that they go play on their own and score themselves? And they play in a group of four. And, uh-huh. uh, and I, I generally put, and we have five coaches, so we'll go out or a coach will play with a group of three, those types of things. So yeah, I mean, they're, and they're scoring themselves. So they are, you know, they're in control of, you know, we, we talk all the time about, you know, honesty, integrity, trust, care, pride, like all these things that, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Like you gotta be, the details matter and, you know, we trust you to go out and you know, give your best and, you know, what you shoot is what you shoot. Well, how you play is how you play. Some days it's good, some days it's not. But, you know, as long as you control your attitude and you give your best effort, I'm happy of that. You know, like before state championship last year, like, you know, I told our kids, I just wanted them to go compete. Just go compete. Give your best effort. If we compete as hard as we can, we put, we have a good attitude and we try our, try our best and it doesn't add up then and we don't win, that's fine. I'll I'm I'm be super happy. Cause you have you can- ever read Dr. Bob Rotella's book, How Champions Think? Yes. I see the smile on your face. Do you have your students read it? I don't. I don't. I should. I've read a lot of different things. Like, so like over the pandemic, I read like a few, few sports books. So, you know, Rotella's got some really good stuff out there. John, John Gordon has some, you know, team building positive mindset type books that I've read and done. And I try to incorporate, you know, bits and pieces of those things. I like to study other coaches and like what they do. Like, not like like big like big time coaches like coaches that are like running these mega programs right like big college programs like Dabo Sweeney, Mike Schuchesky, you know people that are running very successful championships type cultures. You know the most recent one is Deion Sanders. I'm kind of a little bit fascinating his rise. It's just it's really I, you can get you can get really good bits and pieces from you know how they do what they do and you know why they do what they do. It's most important like why are you doing this and you know how they've been able to build success for their kids in their program on and off whatever court it is they're playing. You know, that's what really matters to me. Like I said that to our parents at Pinehurst. Like, so we, we've had the opportunity to take our kids to national championships the last two years. We had this big dinner and I was like, Dude, like, this program's not built on trying to win championships. It's built on trying to get our kids to be great people on and off the golf course. And one of my parents is like, well, winning is a lot of fun. <laughs> She's like, they're like, we like winning. And I'm like, I, I know. Me too. Trust me. We wouldn't be here in Pioneers playing this tournament if we didn't win. But a lot of the kids that are in our program have day six. I mean, I, I think all of them. I mean, if you're able to make it and do very well in Jackson Hole with the economic climate and what it costs to live here and all these types of things and how competitive it is here. Their parents are very competitive, successful people, right? So they, they put that into their kids too. Like I got some extremely competitive kids on my golf. Hmm. So it's just like getting them to believe in themselves and to, you know, believe in their abilities. So it's like the chicken and the egg. Like, are you able to, are you good because you believe in yourself or do you believe in yourself because you're good? Well, I think it's a little bit of both, right? <laughs> So like, yeah. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm a good golfer because I, I've seen myself mm. at good shots or am I able to like really believe in what I'm doing? And then that helps me to hit good shots. Well, it's a little bit of both, you know, and then putting yourself in competitive experiences and those environments provides you with that perspective. And when you do well in those competitive environments, 
then then that's when the light bulbs go off and you're like, mm-hmm. wait a second, I might, I, I got some here. I'm pretty good at this sport. And I, I'm, I feel like I can go compete against some people. Like, so when we took our boys team to Pinehurst two years ago, it was the biggest thing they've ever been in. They're playing against all, you know, 52 teams from across the country and they're nervous and all these things, but they go play in this tournament and they don't do great. We didn't do that great, but we didn't do that bad either. All things considered, we finished like 30th or something like that. Or maybe 40th. The first year we finished 40th out of 52. And the second year we finished 30th out of 52. But so like getting them in that arena, in that environment, gain that perspective was huge for our kids and our program. And we took them the year after they finished second. Generally, it was open to only state champions, but I was able to make, you know, basically just like convince the tournament director to let us come. <laughs> yeah, it's a runner out. So we took our boys and girls team that year to Pinehurst because they were both runners up. And we were the only team in the country that had both a boys and girls team there from Little Old Jackson, Wyoming. And that paid huge dividends for our boys program. Because all five of those girls, that was kind of like their swan song. They were graduating. It was their right big, like we're going out together. Mm-hmm. This is this is fun golf. Like the boys, they were going, I mean, the girls were going to compete, but the boys were like going to like, Hey, this is going to carry on to next year. And then we went again and carry on the next year. Like that experience, one, just a team bonding. Like we were in a house and so much fun, like it's a blast playing golf against these kids and doing practice rounds and like just taking them, taking them back home for me. I'm from South. You know, it was a blast introducing them to like, you know, barbecue and all those types of things. It was, a, it was so much fun, you know, and we were able to do that. Like we really made some money to do that, but we also have extremely supportive parents that really helped us cover a lot of those costs and they were excited that their kids were getting the opportunity to do that. But that paid huge dividends for our program going down the road where we were able to, now like you're stepping on the first tee of the state championship line. There's some nerves there, but like, wait, I played in the national championship. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like all about, it's about perspective and you know being able to understand that, you know, your experiences, good or bad, if you think about them the right way, are going to help you along your road. Well said, Ryan. Well said. <laughs> I I have a not knowing a lot about golf. I have another question for you. Sure. For the world of coaching in golf, how much of your time is spent with these students, these young athletes on the course? And then how much time is spent off the course with them in two ways? One is off the course for the strength training. A lot of people don't think of golf as needing strength training, but it does. Mm-hmm. And and then how much of the time is about that mental strength training as well to where they always can remain in the right mindset when they're on the course? Because you mentioned a lot of the time, they're not even swinging the club when they're on the course. They're walking from one spot of where the ball is to the next. Right. Well, you know, in the past year... We did the strength and conditioning program with Charlie. They were trained to be balanced. Charlie and Augie. And that was awesome. It was great. You know, a lot of people don't think of as a golfer as and you're needing to do strength and conditioning or, you know, flexibility, rotational, you know, type of training. But it's huge. Like if you look at any of the guys or any any successful tour player or any successful college program right now, there there is a a major piece of their puzzle of what they do is strength and conditioning. You know, they're doing it year round and they're working on, you know, their biomechanics. I mean, you look at companies like TPI, Tyler's Performance Institute that Charlie is trained in that are doing, you know, 
revolutionary, brand new stuff. Like this all started, all the strength and conditioning things started back in when Tiger came on the scene, to be honest. Like Tiger came on the scene, they're like, here's this guy, hits the ball, has great elasticity, hits the ball a country mile, you know, makes every putt, and he dominated the golf world. And everybody's like, wait a second, hold on, there's something to this. <laughs> so that kind of opened the eyes to a lot of guys on board, and it's kind of it's sprinkled down through the system. Like you see, you know, a lot of private clubs have, you know, like Three Creek, for example, they have, and I think Shooting Star too, they have on staff, you know, a strength and conditioning person that, you know, runs workout programs, but also runs golf specific workout programs for their memberships. And then the mental aspect of it. So, so when I'm at a tournament, I, it's hard to coach golf in a way where I feel I'm a, more of a caddy than anything. I'm a, it's actually nice. I'm a caddy, but I can't carry the club. So it's kind of nice. But, you know, you think of a golf course that's spread out over, I don't know how many acres, 150, 200 acres. And, you know, I got 13 kids out there all over the place. And I'm like trying to walk around and, and get to each of those kids as best I can. You know, and we're allowed three coaches at a tournament, which is very helpful. So we're trying to kind of try to strategize like how we're going to cover our kids and see them all. And, like, and we know that like from knowing our kids really well and spending time with our, our kids is who needs the most support. And that can vary from day to day. You know, like we, we have the ability to you know, kind of read the situation and read, you know, who, how someone warms up how someone feels, you know, we can go out there and walk them. And when you're walking with them, like, so it's a lot of, a lot of it's like process oriented, like get to the ball, we're going to get the yardage, we're going to read what the conditions are, how he's swinging at its name, how he's feeling about a certain thing. Like some people love to walk through that process and do all the analytical things like that. Then some of our players are more field players and they're just like, yeah, give me the eight iron and get out of the way. Like, I'm just going to hit the ball. Cause they're like, I got this. And some like want to know exact numbers, front yards, backyard you know, where the pin is, those types of things. Um, and there's some, there are like a mixture in between and it all, it's like, uh, I tell people, like, I feel like I'm more part psychologist at times <laughs> with our I kids, bet. with our kids versus like a coach. That's a huge piece of it. That's a huge piece of caddying too. Like knowing your clientele and knowing, you know, how to put them in the right mindset where, you know, they're not nervous and they're, they feel confident over the ball and they, you know. Like, I still do that today. Like, I still caddy. I caddy out at Shooting Star every summer and enjoy it. It's fun. Mm. You know, they call me up to, to caddy and their member guests every year. And I go do it and because it's a lot of fun. But, you know, being, being a, a coach is like being a part-time psychologist for sure. You know, yeah. Some, and then, then, then there was a difference between coaching boys and girls too. You know, and I'm one of the few coaches that coaches both. When you think about it, Paul Dykeman, our tennis coach, coaches boys and girls. And I think that's the only other sport where there's a, there is a coach for both boys and girls. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I enjoy both of it so much. It's so much fun. You know, like I said earlier, this group of girls that we have right now are a blast. They are so much fun. They're a great group. You know, I'd known most of them from middle school when I, they were in some of the classes that I worked in. And then, you know, a few of them, one of them is my neighbor. And I know her and Sandy really well. And then like one of them, Steve White's daughter, and I've known Caitlin since she was a baby. You know, so it's you know, it's a great, great group of kids, you know. And in our boys program too. Like it's like our senior captain last year, Mason Evans. I've known Mason since he was in third grade. Hmm. Like I was his upward basketball coach in third grade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've, it's just like these relationships that I've built in this community for the twenty years or fifteen, sixteen years like before I took over the golf coach that I might, like, they're like, keep coming up. Like, oh yeah, I know you from this. I know you from that. Like I, mm -hmm. 
I, I've helped you in a ski shop. My wife knows you from this. Like we're, you know, between like coaching youth sports, because I coach basketball and baseball forever in town, being a school teacher, being involved in our church, you know, working in a ski shop for 20 years out at TVL and then working at golf courses, cast this net. And I know a lot, you know, we know a lot of, a lot of folks in town, you know, and, you know, and playing softball for, for 15 years, you know, and, and the competitive men's softball league, you know, those types of things. Like I met, meet people from all different walks of life mm -hmm. when you, when you do different things, which is kind of cool. It's really cool. Well, I applaud you for how you and your wife have embraced this community and have certainly gotten out there and you're giving back to it in, in a multitude of, of ways. And it's not just through the school system. It's you've always given back to the community and, and that's very, very much appreciated. And I think the, the athletes, these young athletes who you work with see it and they take you serious about your coaching and where you can help them and where they can go with the work that they put into the program into themselves and each other. Yeah. It's been, yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you say, you know, we put a lot in Jackson. Jackson's put a lot in us and we're thankful for it for sure. Well, yeah. it met, certainly met, met a lot of amazing people in this town that we yeah, never, never would have met if we didn't move here. Cause sure. there's, there's people from all over the country and world here yeah. that are extremely supportive of, of my wife and I and our family and what we do. And we're, we're very thankful for it. Well, I appreciate what you guys do. Who knows? Maybe one day you'll be teaching one of my boys playing golf. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Or basketball or baseball or some other athletic endeavor that they take up. I, yeah. I look forward to it. It'd be awesome. Well, Ryan, congratulations again. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk with me today. And I know um, you'll have a Whichever way the year goes, I know it'll be successful for, for you guys because that's the mindset that you guys have there. For sure, yeah. We're going to get after it here in, I don't know, we're looking at the calendar. Two weeks. In two weeks, we start golf training. <laughs> well, just think, you know, in other parts of the country, they're golfing all year round. Or I mean, that's, that's a funny story. I'll leave you this story. So that's a funny, we were at national championships and I'm sitting there with Georgia high school ch state champion. And he's like, you know, it's pretty amazing. You know, we're here because you know, get to play golf, you know, four weeks, I mean, not four weeks, four months out of the year. He goes, I hate to get into a skiing competition with y'all. <laughs> I said, yes, you would, because that kid over there is state championship slalom steer. So it was a lot of fun. That's, that's great. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I'll let you get back at it. Thanks for your time and thanks for what you do for our community and, and for our school system as well. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You got it. It was great to sit down and talk to you. Take care, bud. See ya. Thanks. To learn more about Ryan Allen and his winning golf team, visit the Jackson Hole Connection episode number 224. Get up off your couch and share this podcast with friends, families, and your cohorts. Easy to do. If you don't know how to do it, reach out to us via Instagram or Facebook. Thank you, everybody, who helps keep this podcast going each week. And I really appreciate you sharing your time with me today. Cheers till next week when I see you right back here for another episode of the Jackson Hole Connection.